we turn to Google without even knowing what we want to ask, but we just have this question regarding like this general subject. And once we start like researching more thoroughly, then we can have the specific question we we wanted to get to. So it's kind of like, I, I don't want to say like a similar thing, but it's kind of similar in terms of, of violence and, and healthy relationships. So whenever we want Violeta to become this, this platform that you can turn to whenever you have a question on how to relate to another person in a healthy way. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Lomitech, and sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and Birthright Excel, and in media partnership with CTEC. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. We're going to talk about a really important topic today, and that is violence, domestic violence, emotional violence, physical violence, any sort of violence. And it is 2021, and Floretta Mayerson is working on some new tools to help those that are that are in a situation that is not ideal and need help, whether they realize it or not. Uh, she's developing technology to help them deal with it. Meet Floretta Mayerson, co-founder of Violetta. Floretta was born and raised in Mexico City and at the age of 18 moved to Israel to study her BA in political communications. She's always aligned by the 2030 Agenda, SDGs, and has participated in many projects and initiatives with a social and environmental perspective, such as MESS, Movement for Sexual Equity and Safety, YK Center, an incubator and accelerator of the SDGs, and have volunteered for CADENA, Natural Disaster Assistance Committee, and a girls' orphanage since 2012. Loretta Meyerson, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. How are you? Hi, Michael. Thank you for having me here. I'm really excited to be here chatting with you today. Thank you very, very much. I'm really excited to have you here all the way from Mexico, right? Yeah, I'm in Mexico City right now. Mexico City. Great. And we're going to be talking about some some di- difficult subjects, but but extremely important ones. And uh, your startup, Violetta, uh, which you co-founded, uh, it's uh, tackling an, a really crucial problem. And I'm, and I'm always inspired by entrepreneurs that are tackling these types of problems and, and deeply curious about the, the journey and about what are you learning about how to effectively tackle them. And, and I wish there were more people like you that are, that, are, that are spending their time and energy and expertise tackling them. And so uh, I'm really excited to be inspired in these 20 minutes. And, and so I will let you introduce a little bit of what you're working on and as well as your journey. So tell me a little bit about Violetta and then we'll go back in time and talk about your journey as a whole. Great. First of all, thank you for letting me share this story here. It's great to no, have this you. space and opportunity to to tell about Violeta to so many people. Um, Violeta, in a nutshell, or Violeta, if you want to call it in, in English, <laughs> it's a digital platform that provides a safe space for anyone who's struggling with any situation regarding violence. doesn't have to be any physical violence. We're, we're focused more like these invisible patterns of psychological violence that are really, really hard to recognize. Violeta provides this digital space in which through a chatbot that's powered by AI, you can get all the information you need to first identify the situation, recognize what you're living, get the advice or recommendation that that's going to help you overcome the situation. And you can also get connected to the professional help that you might need being psychological, medical, or legal help. 
Wow. Okay. So that's a lot to unpack in, in one. Let's go one level higher. So tell me a little bit about the trend and the problem on a global level uh, so that I can get better acquainted with, with the pain point of what you're solving. And then we'll also dive into how you're actually solving it. So, so what is happening around the world that, that really bothered you? Okay, so I think one of the main problems around violence is not having enough tools or even like the lenses to recognize it and identify it because it's so normalized into our daily interactions. And there's some some numbers that are really, really frightening. For example, that one in every three women around the world will, will experience violence. And when you think about this, it's like we all know three women, you know, one of them. Like when you, when you take those numbers and actually put them into humans and, and people, you know, it's really, really scary. But here we're talking about for each woman that reports violence or each person that reports violence, how many don't even know they're living a situation of violence? You know, they can't even recognize it or don't have enough tools to, to look out for help. Um, and we saw this kind of. I don't want to call it a trend because it's a problem that has been going on for years and decades, but now we're seeing it in the news. We're seeing it in the local newspapers. We're seeing people talking about it and bringing the conversation to the table because I think COVID was this uh, mark. Like there's no going back after, after the pandemic, after spending so much time in our homes in lockdown many times with the aggressors um mental health became a priority as well. You know, we're seeing these topics that we weren't so used to talk about before and we weren't used to to put them as a priority. We're seeing them now being set as a priority they should be. So it's not something that's new. It's something that has been growing as well. It's it's this shadow pandemic as as many people call it. The like shadow as, pandemic. Yeah, as COVID was rising, these violence cases were also rising because people who used to have, I don't know, eight hours at the office before and it was their safe space, they didn't have them anymore. And people who could go out and reach out for help, they couldn't do it anymore when we were in, in this first lockdown of the pandemic. So you could see these violence spi like spikes like going exponential in many, in many countries, especially in Latin America, all the helplines were oversaturated by more than 80%. So it's crazy how, how violence was, was happening and it wasn't being dealt as a priority, you know? So this is, this is when we said, okay, we have to, to do something about it. We have to deliver this safe space that so many people need. And it's not a like for, for many people, home is not a safe space, you know? So how can you deliver a safe space when you're, when the, the, the physical space where you're at is not safe? And right. that's when it, when we came up with this idea of, of digitalizing trust and digitalizing safety and digitalizing the confidence of, of having someone to talk to and having someone there who's always listening to you and you can reach out for help at any time or any place you're at. What does that mean to digitalize trust and digitalize safety? Well, when, when we started having these initial conversations, we wanted always to deliver this feeling of talking to a great friend, talking to that friend that's always listening to you and talking to the friend that gives you the best advice and the friend that's never judging you and never projecting, projecting him or herself to your, to your situation, but in a massive scale. 
So how do you get two thousands of thousands of people at the same time through technology? So we said, let's digitalize that feeling of talking to that great friend in order to, to help you understand what you're going through and to help you give you the tools in order to reach out for help. So that's basically what we're trying to do all the time. Like if you talk to Violeta, uh, even though it's a chatbot, you can, you'll never feel that it's this, I don't know, airline service chatbot. You know, it's this very empathic conversation that talks to you, like first in the pronouns that you identify yourself with, uh, the way you want to be called. It asks you that way. Um, it, it, it talks to you in, as in a very casual, a language in in a very non-technical uh, yeah way in order to always right. arise these feelings of safety and of yeah it's like like a virtual hug in a way right now maybe can you share with me the you know the the ideal customer journey that you're envisioning as you're building violetta what what is an example of a case of of a customer journey that that you would expect for somebody using Violetta all the way from, you know, having the violence take place all the way to it being in some way, shape or form mitigated through Violetta. Yeah. So this is something very, very interesting because most of our users never come to Violetta and say, Hey, I'm living violence or I'm living this specific type of violence. Right. Rather they say, Hey, I'm feeling really anxious at home or Hey, I'm, I'm going through this difficult time with my partner. Is this, is this normal? You know, so I would say the like the ultimate uh, user journey is first this this I don't want to call them users because it's more than that, but it's this person right. who who knows there's something that's not feeling right, but maybe can't identify exactly what it is or or what's making him or her feel that way. They turn to Violeta either on her web app or or a platform directly and after a couple of interactions they can now have the the tools to ask correctly what's going on because it's like sometimes we have so many so many things going on in our lives that you don't even know how to start you know like where right. where which question to ask first so they come to violeta get some information violeta will be there listening uh giving some it's not even advice because it's a step before that. It's more like an emotional contention. And after that, uh, giving the advice that's relevant to their specific situation, answering all the questions the user, the person might have and connecting them to the specific uh, professional that's going to help them like, outgrow the situation. Because maybe it's not the same uh, if you would speak to Violeta in Tel Aviv. I cannot recommend you the same professional as a user here in Mexico, you know? so. Um, even, even in Mexico, Mexico is such a huge country, a, a person living in the city might not need the, the same, you know, help that a person living in the, in, in the suburbs or in a rural community three hours away from the nearest, I don't know, police station. So a Violeta can identify like that, the, the specific need the person needs and connect them to the relevant optimal professional help in a way. So one of the things that you touched on before is this idea that, you know, many people may not even know that they need assistance or may not even know that they're in a situation of violence. So how are you thinking through, you know, re 
getting them onboarded into this chat that will allow them to even understand that there's something that's not healthy happening here and that they may need assistance to get out of it? That's a great question. And it's one of the main challenges we're facing all of the time. Cause I, I could, I could answer that question saying like, Oh, we're, I don't know, creating these digital campaigns to specific users, but it's not as simple as that. You know, like it's more of the, right. the way we are targeting these people and the, the messages that we're putting through. And at the end of the day, we want Violeta to be this go-to tool whenever you have a question regarding your relationships. You know, sometimes um, we turn to Google without even knowing what we want to ask, but we just have this question regarding like this general subject. And once we start like researching more thoroughly, then we can have the specific question we we wanted to get to. So it's kind of like, I, I don't want to say like a similar thing, but it's kind of similar in terms of, of violence and, and healthy relationships. So whenever we want Violeta to become this, this platform that you can turn to whenever you have a question on how to relate to another person in a healthy way. Right. Tell me a little bit about, you know, the scale at which we're operating right now. And, uh, you know, a little bit about the numbers of Violeta and, and what you've learned that maybe you didn't know before you started this. So you had some hypotheses and now that you've been live, what, what have you learned about this problem that you're tackling? No, that's exactly a, the core here. Like we had this hypothesis that people would open up with a robot because it's literally a robot uh, with their most intimate and personal stories and situations. And I remember in the beginning when we were testing it and we were like prototyping it, people would tell us like, no, no one's going to turn to a robot. Like we want this human connection. And it turned out not to be so true because many people are looking for a space where they can feel they're not being judged. And always right. this human contact has this bias of the person who's listening, you know, sure. and this is very, very unbiased. So we launched Violeta, well, the first MVP, because we've been operating with an MVP for the last 11 months, um, last November to prove this hypothesis, to prove that people would open up to this safe, digital safe space. And up until now, we've had more than 20,000 unique users talking to Violeta about many wow. different subjects. 20,000. 20,000. And more than, 20, than 9,000 people redirected to the professional help they needed. So it's Incredible. this bittersweet feeling, you know, because it's, it's a, the, these are great numbers that prove that people are actually feeling safe and, and confident with Violeta. But at the same time, this shows the magnitude of the problem as well. So yeah, and, and many people have told us like, I wish I had Violeta a couple of years ago. It would have changed the situation. My story would have been completely different. So these comments kind of like prove our, our, our main goal, but at the same time, they show how, how big and how deep the problem is. Sure. Take me back a little bit to your journey and, you know, what, what do we do? What were you doing before Violeta and, and what led you to know that this is a company that you want to start and build? So throughout my entire life, without actually like putting it in a conscious way, I've always worked on projects related to the 2030 agenda. Um, since I was a child, like since I was volunteering in school, um, I grew up, well, Mexico City is a, is a huge city, huge and we have huge problems and huge opportunities as well, right? So, right. so 
Um, I've always been this person who's really aware of my of my surrounding of and of the of the areas of opportunity that come with this kind of awareness, no, the responsibility that comes with this. So I've volunteered with different organizations in the city that that range from like environmental organization to this girl orphanage house that I still work with, uh, this committee for natural disasters. So these like various projects that that align to kind of this 2030 agenda. And then I worked more properly in an accelerator for the SDGs in Israel, actually. And yeah, and then it was when I came back to Mexico after studying abroad, I studied in Israel and then I, I finished my degree in New York, that many problems became really, really apparent. It's like this shock therapy, like when you realize... Sure. You know, I was in an environment that didn't have these problems. And then I came back to Mexico and wow, they became so noticeable. And one of them mostly was violence. And I realized how normalized violence was in my daily life interactions. I mean, with my friends, with my family, with any people who I would talk to, I would start noticing these violence traits in language, in ways of talking, communicating, like stories they would be telling that they didn't even recognize they were violent. And that's when I started like digging and digging and digging into this problem and understanding that it, as I said in the beginning, like one of the, of the biggest problems surrounding violence is not being able to notice it. And as a woman in Mexico, I realized that I've been exposed to many violent situations, many situations, many times in my life. And I didn't have enough tools to identify them. So I wanted to give this space and these tools to people for them to start building healthier relationships, starting from the, from the core, you know, starting from their families, from their relationships. Cause how can we be, how can, yeah, how can we think of a country that's safe where the first social fabric, which is family is not safe, you know? 100%, 100%. And the founding of Violetta. So you're saying, okay, this is a problem that I want to solve. What do you do then? Well, how do you go about going from, you know, zero to one, from knowing that this is a problem that you want to tackle to actually building out a strategy plan to tackle it? Okay, so it started in a very funny way. Um, I started going to schools, high schools, middle schools and high schools with a basket and post-its. And I would tell the really students... Nice. Put all of the questions you have relating relationships, related, uh, I don't know, sexual safety and sexual education related, like all of these topics that kind of relate to violence, ask away anything. No one's going to know who, who wrote the question. No one's going to wow. know, yeah, who you are. And I remember teachers telling me like, oh, no one's going to write anything. Students are very, very apathic. Like they don't like to get involved into this kind of project. And I would come back for my basket and the basket would be full of questions. So this started proving the need of information and the need of tools and the need of these spaces where students weren't feeling judged. And with these like base of questions that we, that we put together from many different schools, we started creating the first answers from the chatbot. And then COVID hit. This was a bit before COVID. And uh, the pandemic started, lockdown started, violence cases starting to get like crazy exponential. And there was a contest in the, in the country for initiatives dealing with any problematic of COVID. 
And that's where uh, my team and I came together. We were all drawn by the, co- like, by the cause and by this, like, impetu of change. Like, we wanted to change something. And we submitted this project. Because at the time it was a project. It was literally a PowerPoint presentation with this database of questions wow. that we had from schools. And, and yeah, and, and I remember people from the contest telling us like, yeah, but this is not solving like the core problem of pandemic. Like it's not talking about, I don't know, medicine or food supply or, you know, jobs, but it was talking about a, a problem that no one else was talking about. So we got to the final of the project, like the, the finale, and then we got to connect it to another project, w- which was a, a contest in China from Alibaba, the, the company. And it was crazy because we were the only project from Latin America founded by women talking about a social issue and that wasn't focused merely on like on profit. So, and we got to the top global top 10 of the competition. So this was like our, our biggest validation. You know, we kept like breaking these boundaries of people telling us like, no, this is not needed or this is not going to work or, or how are you going to make money? And, and it just, it has been like kind of rolling by its own. Because there's a huge necessity. I remember once a mentor told us like, there are many problems out in the world. Don't invent one because you want to create something, you know, like choose a problem that already exists and tackle it deeply. So I think that's kind of what we're doing right now. I love it. And Florida, obviously, you know, the, the inspiration that you have going into this is just exudes and resonates throughout this whole talk. But what, what are a few words that you would use to describe yourself? If you had to, if I were to ask you or anybody that works with you, what are a few words that represent Florida? I love this question because we, so we, when we hear it, like the first thing that comes to mind are like these external factors, you know, external descriptions. But if I, if I like slowly think about it, I'd say throughout my life, what like has characterized me is this awareness. I'm very, I'm very awake and aware of my, my environment. I'm very conscious. And I think this consciousness comes with responsibility. So I'm very responsible as well. Wow. Florida, thank you very, very much, both for this 20 minute talk, but more broadly for the work that you're doing and for the amazing impact that you're having. Uh, And uh, I get inspired by people like you and uh, people that are tackling these types of problems. And I can't wait to follow the journey. And to, and to see what happens and how it grows and how it continues making an impact. And I can't believe you've already impacted more than 20,000 people uh, through this. It's pretty remarkable. And no, so thank, thank you, you very, very much. Stay safe and stay healthy. And, and best of luck with Violetta and with everything else that you're going to be doing afterwards. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me here. It was really great. 